Welcome to Bridge City Church. We are here to lead people in a deeper relationship with Jesus and to grow the church locally, nationally and internationally. We pray you are blessed by this message. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this day that you have made and for the immense privilege it is to be in your house worshipping you together with our brothers and sisters. I pray that as I bring the word you have given me for today, that each person listening is drawn closer to you and that you give each one personal revelation of what you are saying to them through it. Your word is a light to our path and a lamp to our feet. And Lord, we thank you for it. We love you, Lord, and pray that you have your way here in your church this morning. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. I'm going to read today from the book of James. The author of this book is believed to be James, the brother of Jesus, who after the death and resurrection of Jesus became one of the pillars of the church. It is believed to have been written in Jerusalem in approximately AD 45 to the Jewish Christians who were scattered throughout the Roman Empire. These people were suffering difficult circumstances, including persecution and living in poverty. James begins his letter by encouraging the people to consider the troubles that come their way as an opportunity for great joy, as endurance grows through this. I don't know about you, but I often don't consider troubles to be great joy. (laughs) I don't feel that good when I'm having troubles. But James encourages us um, to, to see it as Great joy as endurance grows through it. And I know when we look back, we can usually see that we grow through those times. He encourages the people to ask our generous God for wisdom and he will give it. God promises that. He tells them to make sure their loyalty is for God and not divided. Encouraging the people to patiently endure testing and temptation, James tells them that they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. God's word was relevant to them through James's letter at that time and it is still just as relevant to us here today in our time. Let's read James 1, 19 to 27, reading from the New King James Version. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself 
unspotted from the world. I'm just going to read now what my Bible says. This is also a New King James Version. What it says at the start as it's introducing the book of James because I thought it was really good. I mean, it must be good. It's in the Bible, right? (laughs) Faith without works cannot be called faith. Faith without works is dead. And a dead faith is worse than no faith at all. Faith must work. It must produce. It must be visible. Verbal faith is not enough. Mental faith is insufficient. Faith must be there, but it must be more. It must inspire action. Throughout his epistle to Jewish believers, James integrates true faith and everyday practical experience by stressing that true faith must manifest itself in works of faith. Faith endures trials. Trials come and go, but a strong faith will face them head on and develop endurance. Faith understands temptations. It will not allow us to consent to our lust and slide into sin. Faith obeys the word. It will not merely hear and not do. Faith produces doers. Faith harbors no prejudice. For James, faith and favoritism cannot coexist. Faith displays itself in works. Faith is more than mere words. It is more than knowledge. It is demonstrated by obedience and it overtly responds to the promises of God. Faith controls the tongue. This small but immensely powerful part of the body must be held in check. Faith can do it. Faith acts wisely. It gives us the ability to choose wisdom that is heavenly and to shun wisdom that is earthly. Faith produces separation from the world and submission to God. It provides us with the ability to resist the devil and humbly draw near to God. Finally, faith waits patiently for the coming of the Lord. Through trouble and trial, it stifles complaining. I thought that was... A really good word. Let's go to James verses 19 to 21, this time in the New Living Translation. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your hearts, in your lives, and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. In 19, James has given us a three-part instruction to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Quick, slow, slow. Quick, slow, slow. Can you feel yourself waltzing? <laughs> quick. Slow, slow, quick, slow, slow. Hence the title of this sermon, Waltzing with God. I just want you to keep that in your mind. I'm thinking of, you know, a life waltzing with God. Now, I know I've got a picture of a ballerina looking up, but um, I feel like she's looking at God and that he will reach down and take her in a waltz. And so that's the picture I'd like you to have in mind as you're thinking about this. Quick, slow, slow. I'm pretty sure we would all be well aware of the trend now for everyone to have the opportunity to voice their opinions and air their grievances. We hear and see it every day, don't we? Social media, Facebook, TV, 
everywhere we look, people are quick to have their say, to let their thoughts be made known to all. And yet God's word says, be quick to listen and slow to speak. Quick, slow, slow. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Quick, slow, slow. Why does God ask us to do this? Most people we talk to, if we're outside of church just doing our own thing, most people we're talking to are not talking to us about godly things. So should we be quick to listen to them? God says, yes, we should. The Bible says in Proverbs 4 verse 7, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom, though it costs you all you have, get understanding. We need to listen well to people and to God. Listening to people helps us understand their perspective, what they are thinking and feeling, and understand the situation they're dealing with. As we take the time to listen, we are giving ourselves time to form a response rather than giving into a temptation of responding harshly in anger, especially if we're feeling that rise within us. When people are saying things that would cause anger to rise up in us, words of disagreement or criticism or arrogance, it's very easy to quickly respond in anger, especially in a high-pressure situation at work, for example. But if we respond in anger, this immediately takes away our ability to be the example of Jesus in that situation. We must never forget that wherever we go, we represent him. I don't know if you've noticed, but as Christians, we get judged by people in a much greater way than anybody else, any other religion, Christians, copper. The way we live outside of church in our everyday lives is noticed, and it's noticed by all. Like if anybody knows that we go to church, we've got a label in their mind. And they form opinions about what God looks like and how God is by our actions by our words, by our facial expressions. We need to be very purposeful in shining our light brightly in the midst of this dark world. Andrew and I in our workplace, um, we are looked at by a lot of different eyes and uh, we also looked at by cameras. Um, and so we know that we're being watched the whole time. Um, but there's, yeah, 500 sets of eyes uh, looking at us potentially as we move through the day as well. So we're very, very aware um, of our every action and how that is interpreted. And it's easy just to get an expression on your face um, that, you know, some people do some pretty crazy things at our work. And um, if any of you want to know about our work, we can tell you what we do later. <laughs> but... Um, some people do some pretty crazy things and sometimes I've been caught with an expression on my face and then had another person comment to me, well, you know, you shouldn't be looking like that. <laughs> so it's okay for all of us but, you know, you're a Christian. And um, it's, yeah, that's a very sobering, very sobering um, comment and it was said in jest but... It made me very, very aware that God was speaking through that. Every look, every glance, every action, every reaction, we are reflecting Jesus. Listening is a vital skill that needs to be practiced and applied in our daily lives. 
As we are quick to listen and slow to speak, we are far less likely to get angry. Quick, slow, slow. Quick, slow, slow. As we listen to and receive the word of God and humbly apply it to our lives, we get rid of the filth and the evil deeds that we know are not pleasing to God. And we move into a deeper maturity in our faith where God can work through us in a much greater way on a deeper level. James 1.22, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says, otherwise you are only fooling yourselves. And in the New King James Version, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Quick, slow, slow, as we're waltzing with God, in step with him, let him lead us. Let's think for a moment about the different Christian people we listen to. We listen to people preaching in church. We might also listen to people preaching online. The reason we have people preaching is to teach us the word of God and help us to live it. I'm ashamed to say, for me, in years past, there have been times when I've listened and then decided that the speaker was too boring or not my cup of tea. I'd prefer a bit more personality, etc., With this kind of listening, I was deceiving myself. I was guilty of treating the preaching of the word as some kind of entertainment. It is not. Every time the word is preached, God is speaking through it to everyone. Everyone who will listen. Even when we have heard it before, there is something new to apply if we are listening. Also, in the past, I felt like I was safe. I was going to church each week. I thought I was a good person compared to many others around me. But I went to church on Sunday and then I went on living my life however I wanted to live it outside of that. Believing in God, but not caring enough to apply the word to my life to do what he says to do. I was deceiving myself. Faith alone in God is not all there is to it. We need to put that faith into action. Whenever I am going to listen to the word of God being preached, I need to prepare my heart and to hear what God wants to tell me personally through that word. I try and remember myself to ask, remind myself to ask God at the beginning of anything that I'm listening to, any form of preaching, to speak his word to me personally I need to apply it to my life otherwise James says I'm deceiving myself I really haven't heard the word at all so in verses 23 to 25 for if you listen to the word and don't obey it's like glancing at your face in a mirror you see yourself walk away and forget what you look like but if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free And if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Why do we look in the mirror? For me, it's to apply makeup, do my hair, and then I might have a quick check um, to make sure everything's in place before I go out the door to work or get on with my day. But what if I saw a big black smudge on my face? I observed it and then I walked away without doing anything about it turn up to work with that big black smudge I'm pretty sure there'd be a lot of people that would point it out to me (laughs) or what if I put two different shoes on two um you know a black shoe and a brown shoe uh, in the dark and I saw in the mirror oh I've got different shoes on but then I 
didn't do anything about it and went off to work. That, James says, is like listening to the word and not doing what it says. Hearing about a beautiful home-cooked dinner doesn't satisfy our hunger. Hearing that the bank has a lot of cash doesn't fill our bank account. And hearing that there is a cure for a disease does not make us well. We have to obtain these things personally for them to be a blessing to us. Verse 25, but if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. God blesses us for doing what he tells us to do. And the blessing is in the doing. Continuing in verse 26. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. That's tough. It's worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. These days, the word religion is frowned upon. And we as Christians, myself included, haven't liked to think of ourselves as being religious like the Pharisees. So I looked up the general definition of religion in the Oxford Dictionary online. Number one, a particular system of faith and worship. And number two, a pursuit of interest followed with great devotion. So we could substitute the word religion for Christian. It's our way of life in serving and worshipping God. And imagine non-Christians looking at us saying, you claim to be a Christian, but you don't look and act like one. Mm. James is making a point that people who truly trust God aren't content to just appear to be religious. They give up their need to control people and situations with their words and anger, and instead... They humbly receive the word which God has planted in them. They read it, listen to it, and live it out through their actions. James is saying that if we truly trust God, we aren't wanting the appearance of being religious. We give up trying to control the world with our words and anger. We receive the word of God with humility. We listen to it. We are eager to do what it says, to put it into practice. We are quick, slow, slow. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. We are active in caring about those who are weak, vulnerable and suffering and we keep ourselves from being polluted by the world around us. God gave us his word, not just to hear and know it, but to live it. His word is his love letter to us and his guidebook for our lives. So let's join hands with God and let him lead us on this waltz of life by reading and doing and just following his instruction. It's all in here. And we, when we read the word, don't, we don't just focus only on what it means. We've got to think about how to live it out. So it means this. How then do we out, walk that out in our lives? Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. God gave us his word not just to know it but to live it. We can't just call him Lord. We have to make him Lord of our lives by doing the things that he has asked us to do. Many of us, you know, and again, myself included, have wanted this audible voice from God to give us clear direction, you know, tell us to do this and I'll do it, Lord. But he's given 
And and he does. And there is, you know, there is the rhema word of God, but he's given us all direction we will need for our whole lives in this book. So we can begin. (laughs) We don't have to wait for anything else. It's all here. The first step of hearing is reading. Read God's word. The next step is doing. Do what it says. And God will do exactly as he has said he will do in his word. He's just looking for us to allow him to work through us. We need to live ready every day. So what does a mature believer look like, according to James? They exhibit joy in the midst of trials. And our dear Pastor Robin has been a shining example of that. Incredible trials. You know, um, through Pastor Vic's sickness and, and him dying. Incredible trials. And yet she has, she has just soldiered on keeping God, you know, first and foremost in her life and continued to lead his church um, and with joy, with joy in him. And so what a great example for all of us. She has exhibited joy in the midst of trials. So mature believers are also triumphant over temptation and they are doers of the word. So they exhibit joy in trials, triumphant over temptation and they're doers of the word. Hear the word, receive the word, obey the word. Like a parent with children, instructing them in the way they should go. Do this, don't do that. As our children listen to us, receive what we are saying and act on it, we teach them the way they should go in their lives. And their lives are better when they listen to their parents, aren't they guys? (laughs) Lives go well when you listen to what mum and dad say. Deuteronomy 21, 1-5 says... If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed and the crops of your land and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks. Your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. All about being obedient. These blessings come from being obedient to God. Choose life. Choose obedience. When we follow God and obey him, we live in his blessing. We, that's if we let God lead us on this waltz through life. 2 Corinthians 9, 8-10 And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness." You can test God in this. As you read his word and put it into action and do what he said, he will provide for your every need. He is a good God. He's a loving God. James 1.26, if you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. So if we claim to be Christians but we gossip or slander or fire off at others in anger, then we are not living as Jesus has asked us to. And James says our Christianity is worthless. Ouch. Worthless. 
So that's something that's really good to just check ourselves. James 1.27, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. So when James was writing this letter, the vulnerable people at that time in that society were the orphans and widows, people who had no ability to be able to provide for themselves. So that's the type of people, orphans, widows and whoever the vulnerable people are in our society that are unable to look after themselves is what it means for us. So living out our faith in action in a way that is pleasing to God is to care for all of these. The big and potentially challenging question to ask ourselves is how well do my actions on a daily basis reflect my faith? To ask ourselves that question. If if the question depresses you and you feel... um, conviction about it in any way you know immediately as you go to Jesus and say Lord I'm sorry my my actions haven't reflected my faith very well you're immediately forgiven so there's no condemnation with this word um, thanks to Jesus but it's a good question to ask ourselves I encourage you to read the book of James in its entirety it takes about 20 minutes It's only five chapters long, but it's a book that's really well worth reading. More than any other book in the New Testament, James places the spotlight on the necessity for believers to act in accordance with their faith. Charles Swindle says, The book of James looks a bit like the Old Testament book of Proverbs dressed up in New Testament clothes. Its consistent focus on practical action in the life of faith is reminiscent of the wisdom literature in the Old Testament encouraging God's people to act like God's people. The pages of James are filled with direct commands to pursue a life of holiness. He makes no excuses for those who do not measure up. In the mind of this early church leader, Christians evidence their faith by walking in certain ways and not others. For James, a faith that does not produce real-life change is a faith that is worthless. If God is speaking to you through his word in James today, I want to encourage you to remember the quick, slow, slow. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Together, let's be doers of the word and take our lights out into the dark places, shining the love of God wherever we go. I can assure you that as we get about God's business, taking pause to check ourselves, our responses, our reactions, and deliberately loving on others, we will all make a massive difference in the lives of all those around us, all we come in contact with. We are created in the image of Jesus. Let's be a true reflection of him in our communities. And I know you guys are. (laughs) Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word given to us in the book of James. We pray that you will help us to take this word and be doers of it. We ask for forgiveness, Lord, for times of complacency where we have heard the word and then gone away and forgotten to do what it says. We ask that today, by the power of your Holy Spirit, we will go with renewed purpose and put into action the things you have asked of us through your word. We love you, Lord, and we want to live lives that are pleasing to you. 
for anyone here who hasn't known Jesus as their Lord and Savior but would like to, we pray together with them. Lord Jesus, I have not been living my life for you. I know I'm a sinner and that I can't save myself. Today, I thankfully receive your gift of salvation. I ask you to come into my heart and I choose to trust you as my Lord and Saviour. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for my sins and for giving me the gift of eternal life. I look forward to living the rest of my life in relationship with you. And Lord, as we go from this place today and begin our working week, we pray that you will help us to show our deep love for you by being doers of your word. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining with us today. If you would like to find out more, you can get in touch with us on our website at bridgecitychurch.com.au. See you next time.